O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, for the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, through repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 77, page 433. I will cry unto God with my voice. Even unto God will I cry with my voice, and he shall hearken unto me. In the time of my trouble I sought the Lord. I stretched forth my hands unto him, and ceased not in the night season. My soul refused comfort. When I am in heaviness I will think upon God. When my heart is vexed I will complain. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so feeble that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, and the years that are past. I call to remembrance my song, and in the night I commune with mine own heart, and search out my spirit. Will the Lord absent himself forever, and will he be no more entreated? Is his mercy clean gone forever, and is his promise come utterly to an end forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? And will he shut up his loving kindness in displeasure? And I said, It is mine own infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most Highest. I will remember the works of the Lord, and call to mind thy wonders of old time. I will think also of all thy works, and my talking shall be of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is holy. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders, and hast declared thy powers among the peoples. Thou hast mightily delivered thy people, even the sons of Jacob and Joseph. 
The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee and were afraid, the depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water, the air thundered, and thine arrows went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was heard round about, the lightning shone upon the ground, the earth was moved and shook withal. Thy way is in the sea, and thy paths in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou leadest thy people like sheep by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth verse of the second chapter of the book of Nehemiah. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Excuse me. Verse 9. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, 
as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirteenth verse of the thirteenth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Now when Paul and his party set from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the Law and the Prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers, and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about forty years he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as a king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. After John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the peoples of Israel, and as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful 
O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who never failest to help and govern those whom thou dost bring up in thy steadfast fear and love, keep us, we beseech thee, under the protection of thy good providence, and make us to have a perpetual fear and love of thy holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. We start off our meditation tonight in Psalm 77, which is a psalm of Asaph, a priestly figure who has, who's, who's the, at least the named composer of a number of the psalms. Um, and in particular tonight, we have one that's cleanly divided in half. The first half of Psalm 77 has to do with the perplexity that Asaph is feeling over calling out to God and unlike the, the past and his own recent uh, history uh, personally, uh, God has not responded to him or he doesn't, he's not able to, de to detect how God has responded to him. And so Asaph enters this uh, midpoint or the, and the turning point of the, the, of the sort of the poetry of the Psalm has to do with this kind of like, like what, what, what am I to do? And he says, ah, he has this sort of epiphany. It is my own frailty that has caused this perplexity. It is not a deficiency upon on God's part, which leads him to be able to see more, to see broader. And so it's his, we see on display a kind of um, model for praying in perplexity. Um, and so for the first half of the Psalm, Asaph um, progressively just gets to the point where he sits in the perplexity until the light is sort of shown upon it, until the truth is made known to him. Um, and he doesn't try to go in and assign a bunch of things. Um, he doesn't try to get out ahead of it or to try and circumvent that discomfort of perplexity. And what it allows him to see is that it allows him to see again the whole history of his people of whom he is a vicarious representative as a priest and is able to look back on the whole history of Israel and say, ah, yes, we have had many moments and indeed decades long perplexity as a people, and yet in the midst of that, God uh, brought us up and delivered us through that. He looks back and then that history sort of serves as a pattern for him to understand the meaning and the significance of his own particular moment. That is the constant biblical pattern of looking back to look, um, to look, uh, or, or to look around and to look forward. Um, the, God, uh, the God of the Bible is a God of order. And because of that, he is a God of pattern. And because of that, we are able to look and see uh, these are the ways of the Lord in which there is life and in which he works. And that enables us to sort of discern the spirits as we uh, face our own situations, which comes to bear again on the Old Testament lesson tonight from Nehemiah 2. Nehemiah is part of the last wave of, of, rich, of, uh, of, ca of captives who are returning back to Jerusalem after the Babylonian and Persian captivities. 
um, and returns to see Jerusalem, you know, laid waste, and especially the wall um, uh, laid waste, and um, has this has this reflection, you know, that has been ongoing since chapter one, which we've been reading in evening prayer about the integrity of Jerusalem and how God's ancient choosing of it and his ancient placement of the people there um, is what establishes them in place there. And so in the chapter we read tonight, we see this political drama unfold where a local uh, lord, a local governor, um, comes to challenge Nehemiah's um, command to rebuild the, the north wall of Jerusalem in particular, which is especially destroyed um, from the the previous invasion, and is seeing in this, uh, you know, that he sees this sort of this political charge of treason, which could have gotten him, you know, could have got him executed if that had made its way up the the, the chain of command. Uh, and yet Nehemiah's response to this is not to engage in the political theater with Sanballat, but rather to uh, refer back again to that ancient claim that God has upon Jerusalem as his city, his place of rest. Uh, and even though he had um, laid waste to it by the, the hand of the northern army uh, from Babylon, it still remained his city and Nehemiah's ability to see that this is still the city of God in this world. This is still the temple city um, that overshadows all others, um, is what enables him to boldly go forward with his plan that we'll see in the next couple of chapters, um, without, uh, even though the enemies of his people are literally just like kind of champing at the bit to get at all of them as they rebuild the wall. They'll rebuild the wall, of course, with a, with a, you know, a sort of trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, but at the same time, this, this gives them a kind of clarity of mission to understand the ways of the Lord historically enabling them to go forward. This is on display again, um, as we see in St. Paul's sermon on at at um, at, per, uh, at Pergia, where you had um, where on the on the Sabbath day when he goes and preaches in the synagogue, he is again referring back to the ancient history of pe of of God's people, particularly the stubbornness of the Israelites in the wilderness, and how that resulted in the failure of an entire generation who saw the mighty works of the Lord to enter into the the rest of the promised land, and he's going to use this in the second half of the sermon as a as a motif for interpreting the current events around Jerusalem that like as they had been unfaithful in the wilderness and it resulted in the failure to attain the Sabbath rest the great rest of the promised land so it will be that all those who um, who who are unfaithful and are and, and remain charged with the guilt of killing the Messiah will experience the judgment that that Messiah has proclaimed over the land and over Jerusalem so it really ties together neatly that thread that goes from Psalm 77 through Nehemiah 2 into Acts 13 is as God was the one who delivered them through the Red Sea and brought them into the promised land. So he would be the God who would bring them out from the dispersion of the captivity into the promised land again. And as he had you know, sent them out in judgment during that um, and brought back a faithful remnant. So in the days of his Messiah, he is going to be scattering again uh, those from the land who are unfaithful. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to, and, and, and reconstituting Israel as a remnant faithful people uh, to himself around this, uh, around Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so Paul's argument is going to be, look at all these seasons and understand the times. Jerusalem is under judgment. It doesn't have an integrity anymore because it has crucified the Christ. And now all there is to do is to repent, to be forgiven, and to put our faithfulness now in Jesus Christ and to live faithfully to God through him.
And so that's where we're heading right now. That's all mounting in this in this kind of thing, but that's the logic we're called to look at tonight. Continuing with our intercession on page 590 of the prayer book. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that all members of the same, in its vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O Lord, support us all the day long until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us a safe lodging, a holy rest, and peace at the last. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. Thanks to Barbara and Rochelle, my co-leaders. You have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Fourth. Yes. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.